0: So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Easy Conversations. Thanks a lot to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie Justin Mockfinger. Justin, you absolutely killed it on there, and we look forward to having you on again down the road. So, now for episode 72 of Easy Conversations. Extremely excited, of course, to be back in the studio virtually with the homie Matt. Say what's up, people.
1: What's going on, everybody? Hope everyone's having a great day right now. Um, It's my favorite time of year, and We have a very special episode for you guys, and I can't wait to get into it, so I'll let Eric let you guys know what we're talking about.
0: Mm -hmm. I was actually going to lead off with that, that it's Matt's favorite time of year, favorite month of the year as well, I believe. And uh, yeah, so we're going to be doing our annual Halloween special episode. We've actually done three of these over the years, while interestingly enough, more so been focusing on the horror side of things and not really on the actual holiday itself. So we're going to be focusing on Halloween in this episode as well as delving into multiple horror movies that we've been consuming throughout this wonderful fall month. I actually went back and listened to the last Halloween episode we did where we went over both the Haunting of Hill House and Haunting of Bly Manor series. And in that episode I went on record and said that I was not a horror guy at all. And while that has completely changed in the last year, Matt, I've now I can definitely say that I'm a big or becoming more of a big horror movie and TV show guy, and largely thanks to you, honestly, with your recommendations. And we're gonna get into some of those movies, but let's wind the clock back a little bit here and talk about Halloween when we were kids. Do you have any? favorite memories when you look back on Halloween as a kid, Matt, any costumes that stand out maybe candy that you received on a certain year?
1: Yeah. First of all, Eric, I'm so glad that like you're one of us now, you know, a horror fan. <laughs> the well of horror movies is massive and I'm glad you're finally like dipping your toes in it and like seeing what's out there. Um, okay. For Halloween. Yeah. As a kid, like I remember like one of my favorite costumes was like a pirate, like pirate is always a good costume, solid choice. And I still have a pick like, There's pictures of me in a pirate. For me, Halloween was all about accumulating the most amount of candy. And then my favorite part, believe it or not, like, yeah, I liked eating the candy, but my favorite part was dumping it into like a big pile, like kind of like a big pile of Lego. And like sort, yeah, and then sorting it out and like stuff that like really good, good, okay. And then the stuff that I'll give away and I ate it like based on which pile it was in, you know. Gotta eat, uh, you gotta save some of like the good stuff for like, make you last a week or two. And then the mediocre stuff would, you know, stuff like coffee crisp. I'll eat it, but it might take a week or two. Wow. Yeah, I'm not a coffee crisp guy. And, um, you know, to be honest, any chocolate really got eaten last, it was all about candy for me. Rockets, fuzzy peaches, all the Maynard candy, chewy candy. I remember, I love trick-or-treating, like going door to door, but like, I remember being bored pretty quickly of that and, like, the monotony. It was just like, all right, I just want to get home, dump my bag, and, like, let the sorting begin. That's mostly what I remember of every Halloween as a kid. I don't remember it. Nothing exciting. Like, I didn't do any of the pranks that, like, you hear stories about, like, toilet papering people's houses and throwing eggs or going around, like, terrorizing little kids. No, that wasn't... I stayed stayed clear of all that, like, those shenanigans. Before I get into, like, a teenager, Eric, did you want to just add... add something for halloween as a kid
0: Mm -hmm. well you said so much in there first of all no love for coffee crisp i completely disagree with you there but that's we're all entitled to i'm a huge coffee crisp guy but wow it's all good you mentioning rockets though i feel like that's a candy that you don't really like want to eat anymore as an adult i feel like that's more of like a kid's candy and i i loved rockets too as a kid when i was in elementary school i feel like that was elite and now that's a candy i never think about or you only really see in the halloween season fuzzy peach all day that's a can't go wrong with that I actually just bought some the other day at Shoppers drug mart but uh, no free ads so we'll um, keep it moving for me <laughs> favorite um costumes i actually had to text my mom what some of my costumes were when i was a kid because i couldn't really remember but then she texted me that one year i was luigi actually from oh. like mario luigi's mansion and she actually made me the costume like overalls and like the the hat that he wears and we still have that hat i know like, i have a general idea of where it is in the basement there yeah so that was definitely a top one i was a, a bat one year a skeleton darth vader Dinosaur, firefighter. Anyways, the list goes on and on. I, I love trick or treating. Honestly, going door to door and uh, filling your um, pillowcase—that was my go-to weapon, I guess, to store candy in. And I think I was the same too. I love like the- I love the Lego comparison as well. Like just dumping them on the ground and organizing them into different area sections. There, that was. Definitely the practical approach. Also, when I was, I think, maybe closer to teenage, like teenage, early teen years there, we would trick-or-treat my bro and I and two of our childhood friends, and we would actually enact scenes that were written and directed by yours truly, of course. And it would be like some big spectacles that we'd put on for the hosts of the homes that we were uh, just, I don't know, like knocking at their doors to get candy. And like, normally they'd love it. We'd put some good energy in there some good performances all around. Usually I'd be the one who'd shine in there as in like I'd try to make myself look good and if it was like a sword fight, I'd win in there, of course, just giving myself favorable situations there. But that's something I remember that was really fun doing trick-or-treating.
1: I can't believe I almost forget forgot to tell this story, but one year I actually skipped trick-or-treating and it wasn't even like on me. It was my mom's fault. Let me tell you what happened. Um, and she's listening to this, so she'll like this. For some reason, one year I was like maybe nine, ten. I don't remember, but I got I agreed instead of trick or treating to go see Cirque du Soleil that night, which <laughs> honestly is way better than trick or treating if as an adult. Like if I'm thinking about that, but like as a kid, I did not appreciate Cirque du Soleil. Like I didn't. It, it went way over my head, and the whole time I was at the show, I was like, man, I'd rather be collecting candy right now. And I remember my mom being like, well, you can buy some candy and, and eat it during the show. So I remember I ate Skittles all night. Like I really, like I have, I can close my eyes and see myself eating Skittles during the show and no candy that, that year. It was very, uh, no idea why I agreed to go or why my mom dragged me out. Maybe she'll clear it up when, uh, when she listens to this episode. (laughs) That's Um, funny though. But yeah, I just had to say that really quickly.
0: And also like, that's not some earned candy that's bought candy. Like there's right. less of a fulfillment as well. Like you're, I don't know. It's just not getting the same satisfaction out of it. I would say like, those are probably some sad Skittles in the moment.
1: You're right though. It's like, it's not satisfying, like grabbing candy from your own house, like in the bowl at the front. Cause you didn't, you didn't do anything for it. And it's always the same old boring candy. Mm-hmm. That's what I loved about sorting the candy is like discovering stuff. It's like discovering element. Like, Oh, what is this? Oh, they make little chewy hamburgers or hot dogs. Remember that the, the food Oh, candy? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember trying to, like, dig for those. Like, those are my favorite. I don't know. I have no idea why. No, I love digging through, like, the discovering aspect of it. Um, but obviously, like, the older I got, probably, like, 13, like, I was like, okay, this is probably my last year. Like, I really didn't trick-or-treat late. Like, sorry, later on, like, I... I knew I was old enough. I'm like, I could start being the one to stay at home and give the candy Mm -hmm. while still eating candy that my parents bought to give out. So I kind of, I, I, did I enjoy that? Yes, because it was more, um, I don't know. I felt more relaxing. I didn't mind giving away the, like answering the door because man, like these people, like there's nothing to be shy about. It's like these, the, the people outside are more shy than you are. So you just like, I just chit chat and make jokes Um, Try not to like you have to okay if you're the candy giver, it's very important to like not give away too much at the start But then you know while it's like the night's winding down You got to give bigger and bigger handfuls because you want to like get rid of it all So but while I was waiting for the doorbell to ring it'd be like that's when I kind of started watching some horror movies on uh, on AMC like AMC's fear fest Which I honestly I don't recommend anymore because there's so many commercials and they cut the movies down like they edit the gore scenes out so like but that's when I started watching like the older horror movies and being a little like interested in them because I was kind of a scaredy cat back then like I didn't like watching horror movies when I was 13 but that's around that age where it kind of like my curiosity got the best of me. So Mm -hmm. giving out candy I like I, I became someone that would answer the door instead of someone going to people's doors in my teens. Okay. So, when did you stop trick-or-treating, Eric?
0: Oh, man, off the top, I don't know. Probably around that age, honestly. I yeah. can't really... There's no way I was trick-or-treating at, like, 15. I don't think so. I think 13 <laughs> is that age where, like, you got to just retire the jersey up, right? Yeah. Just hang it up in the rafters. You had a good run in that. You also made a good point about, like, rationing how you distribute candy to kids who come. Would you rather be someone... Like, this is something you have to think about as a kid. Go out early, be the early bird, and get as much candy as possible and before you gas out or wait until those eager beavers went out there early and then be a vulture who crop flies in at the end and gets those more generous uh, scoops because it's so true at the end of the night you're getting way more candy way more bang for your buck but you're also rolling the dice in the sense that you don't know maybe a house has been cleaned out completely wet bandits so i don't know it's tough to <laughs> it's nice. tough um, you like i said roll the dice i would normally be someone who goes out earlier because i didn't really go to bed late like i to try to stay away from those amc fear fest movies tucked in at nine later when i was a little older then i did start going out a little later and um that's the the classic dilemma as a candy giver and receiver
1: my opinion is early is better because you don't want to risk a lot of houses, like, they run out of candy. And they even answer, they open the door and say, like, hey, I'm all out. Like, it's happened yeah. to me. So I'd rather play it safe and go out early. And some some people are super generous early, too. Like, they'll give you the full candy bars or still a big scoop. So you have to go out early and hit as, much, as many houses as possible. Or so, like, was the approach, the popular approach when I was a kid. Also, did you trick-or-treat on your own street, Eric? Or would you go, like, hit, like, the... Uh, like, the busier streets that, like, people knew, like, oh, this streets all, like, decked out. Let's go there. No. You were pretty well surrounded. Yeah.
0: Maybe some years we did know that some areas were more decked out, as you said, but I do think we stuck around our own area and especially because our neighbors, like, we were on really good terms with our neighbors and are big fans of the performances as well. So, some bonus candies right there. So, um, no, we pretty much stay around our area and, um, just reap the benefits of what we know rather than risk it all for potentially not much.
1: Right. And then there was always, there was always the houses with that, like went all out with decorations. And there's always like the, you think it's like a mannequin or a fake thing. And it ends up being a person holding the bowl and scaring the living daylights out of you. And you know, like, Okay, it's probably going to scare me, but it, it still got me every time because I'm not like I'm questioning and then while I'm thinking too much, I get scared. So I don't know. 100%. If, yeah, you've experienced that. I love those. The people that go all out, though, like that's my dream one day is to do that. Like, why not for two weeks, maybe decorate the whole, not just the house, but like the front and create maybe like a little path? Oh, that'd be so cool. Uh, those oh, are I agree too. Yeah.
0: I love it when people go all out for Halloween. Like, there's a few houses around our area that I've already started to put up some, like, big decorations and, like, set pieces, too. I just love it. It's so different, too. And, like, Halloween is one of those, like, really underrated holidays that doesn't really get as much respect as, like, the big boys. Like, your Thanksgivings, your Christmases, your. Uh, even Valentine's Day maybe gets more. I, I don't know. Maybe that's not accurate because of the horror genre. Like, there is some. Mm-hmm. love for Halloween, but I, I just love seeing when people go all out for it. And we're actually going to start putting up some decorations because we're doing a, a Halloween party. So we're definitely going to deck out our house and uh, we bought some decorations. We got some nice lights too. And um starting already to be that person who uh, does what you wanted. You said you'd want to do mm-hmm. later on, like make a, your house look solid for Halloween. Maybe not like already to the point of like some big like mazes in front of your house and like fake mannequins who could be disguised like maybe i'll be hiding under a bush somewhere i don't know like we'll see if i get to that point don't want to scare the kids too much but i do love it when i see that as a kid it scared me but as an adult now like i definitely respect it and as someone who's coming around on the horror genre Love to see it. I have one more question on, uh, like, we were talking about some candies. Like, you mentioned the hot dogs and hamburgers. Like, that's a deep sleep or two. I'm going to throw another one at you. That's kind of, like, one that you don't really see as much. But as a kid, I absolutely loved this. And I'm talking about candy corn. Ooh. What are your thoughts on candy corn? I've, I have sent this Snapchat out to a bunch of people, and I got some polarizing response on candy corns. Where do you stand on it?
1: I think they taste delicious. Like Let's go, Matt. Yeah. Okay, if they're old and hard a little like yeah, they're not going to taste as good, but like a fresh candy corn is delicious. I don't understand the hate for them to be honest.
0: People were calling me a psychopath. I don't get it. I don't think no. that's fair or yeah. accurate.
1: And candy corn is also one of the like my go-to for decorating gingerbread houses and they're excellent. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was going to ask you, Eric, about like pumpkin carving. Like is that something you enjoy to do? Like you enjoy doing or
0: Big fan of the pumpkin carving game. Had a, yeah. a few good ones in the last few years. Like I did a pennywise One no no no, not a Pennywise, I did a gritty the (laughs) N H Philadelphia Flyers N H L mask. It actually turned out really good. Like I got a lot of love on that when I put that on Instagram a few years ago. I did actually last year, which was pretty solid too. The man in V for Vendetta, forgetting the guy Fox,
1: like the guy Fox mask. Yeah, the guy Fox
0: mask. I I think it turned out really good too. So those are definitely my two bests I've done so far. And no, I I really like uh, pumpkin carving. Actually, how about you? actually as a kid, I loved like playing around in the goop yes. in the pumpkin as well, like just cleaning it out and like
1: you know getting a little messy in there. <laughs> how about you, Matt? I'm I'm right there with you. I love like carving it and like cleaning it, and but I'm very like my artistic talents are very limited. I just draw like I just do like the triangle eyes and the nose and the mouth, <laughs> and I like I, I just did uh, like several last weekend, and I have one in front of my house right now. Um, probably pop a candle in there soon I always like looking at other people's like what they're gonna carve on their pumpkin and stuff and then I and then when once I start doing mine I'm like how the hell do they do this it looks so hard maybe I'm, I'm not using a smaller a small enough knife or I'm not like stenciling enough or whatever but like kudos to everyone who like pumpkin carves like are like perfect like very well it's looks very hard to do the last thing I want to ask you Eric is like what are your thoughts on like haunted attractions, you know, like Saunders farm, like stuff like that, like hay rides. Like, have you ever been to Saunders farm? I've definitely been to some farms like that. And like
0: um, pumpkin, what are they called? Pumpkin patches, patches. or batches
1: patches. And, yeah. um,
0: I mean, they're okay. It's like nice to get out. I like the fall weather. I like seeing like hay and uh, various horse drawn carriages, but they're not like my go-tos necessarily right. or like haunted attractions. Like I'll steer clear of a haunted house. I'm not trying to end up like the girl in us real quick oh. <laughs> like tethered right so the house of mirrors that stuff i don't know if it would scare me at this point in my life oh. there but i'd i'd steer clear from it personally there i prefer just watching it in movies and not risking my hand with that too much how about you
1: well let me tell you i went to saunders farm a couple of years ago to like the haunted attractions and it was It was amazing like i i did get scared like the actor i mean the the people that work there they did a great job like they were like in full character and they follow you they stare at you they like scare you through the attraction i loved all of it like someone chasing someone with a pig mask chasing you with a chainsaw like it wasn't work obviously it was just making the noise and if you stare closely you know like he's not gonna hurt you but I kind of like put myself... I pretend it's real and it's amazing. You know, you're walking into this slaughterhouse and there's limbs everywhere. Like, I don't know. I love that shit. Like, I love that stuff. Okay, cool. Um, and then like... And you don't... You go in in two. So like, you don't see anybody... Any other guests to like near you. So it's pretty much you and whoever you go with. And no, it's really... I, I, I've realized that I love that stuff and something I'd eventually want to do maybe in the future. And I know there's lots of places near Toronto that are even bigger... Like they go all out and it's it's a big thing I know in October. There's hell, there's even horror movies like specifically on that where people go to haunted attractions and it ends up being all too real or stuff like that. I I, I think I really love that world of horror and Halloween. And you, have you ever heard of like those extreme haunts where you got to sign waivers and it's like you have to be able, like that. that is where I draw the line, Eric, because I've seen stories of like they can like, you're almost getting like physically abused in some of these ones and you have to like, it costs a ton of like, that's to me, that's like the different level of like, okay, you want something else. You don't actually want scares. Yeah. So I just, I was just curious where you stood on those.
0: Well, actually I will say like you talking about that has reminded me that like around, yeah, four years ago, Andy and I and her friends went to this thing called pumpkin ferno. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's kind of similar in the sense where you are, you are going on a farm, And it ties into the whole pumpkin artistry as well where they have like these very intricate sculptures made of pumpkins that they've done carvings in. And it's all lit up and it was super cool to see actually the work that went into like making these statues of characters and just like mosaics and... uh I don't know, like it's art in these pumpkins. So, you know, they're using stencils and not just free handing triangles in there not to <laughs> take a shot at you
1: there. No, no, but uh,
0: it was really cool to see. I would definitely recommend that. Like it's a fun night out too. There's not really a, too much of a horror aspect to it, but it's just like a really nice spectacle of you walk around for like an hour and a half there and just see all the various sculptures and stuff in there. So I would definitely recommend that was around like the Russell area. Okay. In the country. So there, I know they do a few of those kind of things like around the city. So you don't have to go to Toronto, sign a, a friggin' waiver and uh, potentially risk dismemberment at the <laughs> Pumpkin Inferno. I would endorse that for a solid Sweet. date night as well.
1: Oh, that's awesome. I don't know. This whole haunted, con- like haunted house conversation is making me think of escape rooms. But I think I, we need mm. to save that topic for another uh yeah another episode those are fun though because i have lots to say on that like especially if it's a horror themed one Mm -hmm. but yeah like we were talking we're kind of talking about halloween as adults now and the older i got at my parents house i cared less and less about giving out the candy it was more like all right let my parents do it i just want to be locked in my room or the basement watching horror movies i really got into horror movies as like a later teen and into a young adult and like i was like, I watch horror movies all year round, but ho- October was, like, only watch horror movies and, like, cram as many as I can. That's when, it's really when I started discovering how many horror films there actually are and how little I knew about, like, how I thought I knew all the horror films, but no, I only knew, like, the, the classics, I guess, like, the ones I would play on TV every year and then, like, go deeper and deeper into, like, the well or into, like, a, a rabbit hole, basically, of... Mm of horror, which I still am like to this day, always discovering new things that I thought I, like, I thought I knew everything and like, no, there's way more that you didn't see or didn't know. So it's great. Which is what you
0: want in any genre or even anything in life, right? Like whenever you start to discover something that you like, it's great to know that there's so much more than you you could ever, you could have never imagined was possible. Mm -hmm. And I'm only just starting to somewhat, like one of my eyes is just like a little, a quarter of the way open is for me, as far as like horror goes. Right. So it's fun. That's what I'm enjoying a lot about it. Like we're back in the past. I would completely discredit the horror genre in that. I just thought it was like for people, for some reason who wanted to be scared. I never understood that. And now I'm like kind of seeking that thrill as well. Or like, I know with the suspense where there's no music, a character slowly entering a room, the doors creaking open. I know there's going to be something and, but I love it. Like I can't wait for that jump scare to come or just any, even if nothing happens, it's still scary. plays on your expectations. For me, as an adult, like I, I, really did not watch horror movies when I was like starting to get a little older, and um, like I didn't really celebrate, like celebrate Halloween, like do that much for Halloween. In years, like I've been to a handful of Halloween parties, but not that many. I've hosted a Halloween party back in the day, and when I was in university, and that was actually one of my favorite Halloween parties, where like the theme was a TV show Halloween Ooh. party, so you had to be a character from a TV show. And that was actually like one of my favorite costumes that I did. I was Daryl from Walking Dead. Oh, nice. So I actually bought like a crossbow, and I bought his vest, too, with the angel wings. I still have all that, actually, at my parents' house. So that was definitely one of my top-tier costumes. The one Andy and I are doing this year, though, I think will go down as one of the best. We've both done, I think. So I'm definitely looking for. I'm not saying what it is here. So I'm definitely looking <laughs> forward to to seeing that executed in a week at the time of at the time that this drops. So stay tuned for
1: that. Without but, uh, is it theme related, Eric? Like, don't tell me what the costume is. But is is there a theme going on? Like, like this this costume is for a party, right? Yep. So is there going to be a, like a a theme?
0: There's definitely a theme to oh, the, the okay. costume. Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> Oh, I'm too curious now. You have to tell me off air.
0: Yeah, we can go offline, or you can just—you'll see. Uh, on see Instagram you. right. or something. You're right. You're you know, right. you gotta—you gotta post these things. You're right. But I'll, I could tell you too. So um, yeah, I mean that was definitely one of my favorite uh, Halloween. But other than that, though, like it's really big. especially like last year, we did nothing for Halloween. Like a few of the years in the past, there's just been nothing going on. Like no one wants to either host a party, or. Like we don't want to, and going out for Halloween, I've only went out downtown once and it Mm. was really hectic like to go to a, a bar Halloween night. Like you normally, you need, or anyways needed that night, like um, a pass to get in. And like, it's a little more expensive too.
1: Yeah. I avoid downtown on Halloween, like the plague. And I did, I did go to a couple Halloween parties in high school. And I remember this one because I didn't know I had no costume but like 10 minutes before I threw something together, like I went in my sister's like um, closet and I went to like the little like downstairs or stash of old costumes. And I created like a, a pimp costume, like kind of like Kramer in that Seinfeld episode. <laughs> nice. And it ended up being a real hit. Like people loved it. Like I had a huge <laughs> hat, a chain that it was. And I was like, oh, damn, like I, Impra, I put this at the last minute. And it was a hu- I yeah. Know. I just I remember that night really, really well. It was an awkward, it was kind of one of those costumes, like I had it, I had it all fully like for 30 minutes, but then I had to like discard some items and just for comfort, right? Like I had a stick, mm. like the hat was not like comf- comfortable at all. And I, it, it impeded sure. my, uh, you know, it's same if you wear a mask or a helmet, right? Like you're taking that, you're taking that off pretty quickly if you're drinking.
0: Absolutely. Yeah
1: my dream eric and i don't know if you've ever dressed as a stormtrooper but i haven't like i want to be a stormtrooper one year i knew you were darth vader like that must have been awesome
0: yeah Yeah. Yeah, we had like it was like it's not it wasn't like a full mask though right it was like one that has like the front of darth vader but then the back is just like a little drawstring that you just like strap on there Okay. And it uh, doesn't move, but no, getting the full helmet. Me, if we're going like that, th- that route, like Star Wars character, I'd probably go with like a Boba Fett or Ooh. Mando. Like just, I think I feel like that would be a sweet costume as well. But no, I yeah. love that Stormtrooper too. Great pick.
1: It's just so classic, in my opinion.
0: Again, though, you gotta ditch the gloves and the helmet if you want to play some pong. It like, can't be done with that bucket on your head. But uh... <laughs> yeah, that's uh, awesome. Good stuff, but that's something that I hope to see more of now, especially with like COVID getting a little better, that we can start to maybe make get Halloween parties to make a comeback. Like especially in my like circle of friends, like it's mm-hmm. definitely died down in the last few years, so that's why I wanted to bring it back this year. Things are a little better, A little get together to start, but hopefully in years to come, there we can get back to norm and like celebrating because I it's so fun, like just dressing up as something different. You get to to showcase. A side of your personality that like an, something that interests you a lot and um just like the whole process of putting a costume together like there is good satisfaction in that like assembling a costume right not just like buying that you know what buying one there's nothing wrong with that i'm just saying if you make your own piece by piece it's i think a little cooler
1: couldn't agree more that's in with everything right like food and it always tastes better when you cook it yourself that's true yeah Speaking of food, no, <laughs> actually, season. I was gonna, going this was gonna be my squid game transition. Oh, okay. But like, like squid, it. like everyone hates, like it's not really a food people think of. But I don't know, I think, I mess with there's squid. been the show that Netflix, that came out, came out on, like I think it's been a month now since it's come out, at least. Yeah, but I like, think it was it, September that it came yeah, out. Yeah, Netflix, like big, one of their biggest opening shows, if not the biggest one, like I read like 155 million people, like, at least watched a bit of it uh like across all the countries that the Netflix is in now that we've both watched squid game i i we have to talk about it, and it is and it is there are horror elements to the show hundred percent, and I'll explain why when we talk about the later episodes but uh my and my opening thoughts on squid game is like I absolutely adored it as I adore most things that come out of South Korea, but you no know, to me, squid game was one of those. Hooked me right away after episode one, and then I just had to know how it ended right away. And I pretty much blew like I watched it all in about a week, like four days actually. What great acting, writing, like it's to me it was very original with like the games that they had to play in the show and and like full like full spoilers here, everybody. Like if you haven't watched Squid Games, we're gonna like talk about how it ends and stuff. So please go out and watch it. But no, like just initial like my opening thoughts great show what about you eric
0: i loved it too and just like you i was hooked from the start I, I knew nothing about the show going into it right just like there was this phenomenon everyone was talking about it so i just dived into it interested to see like i, I like following characters like this too That are like kind of loser down in the dumps like nothing going for them and then they get this opportunity to change their lives with a fortune through, that could be won through, like, various competitions. So, me, like, I was definitely hooked as soon as the first game started. Like, red light, green light. I was into it from the start. But then when that was the kind of show it was, I was like, alright, let's go. I'm all in here. And I, I kind of had a feeling that when they said, like, the rules of the game were like, oh, if you cannot participate in a game anymore, you'll be eliminated. I cl- it kind of clued in really quickly that eliminated means you're getting killed. Great stuff to see. I loved all the characters. Like, how... The like greed really gets the most of these of mm-hmm. these people, and like they turn to their dark human nature. All those dynamics and that kind of environment too. I was actually a fan of Player One Hundred One yeah. Shocker, the villain who <laughs> was all time scumbag, and like I didn't want him to win, but I, I he needed to keep winning though because you needed that character in there, exactly. and then Sung Woo needed to be. Like, he was ultimately like one of the bigger villains in the end so he was also a great character I wasn't rooting for him at all though like uh, when he when uh, like now we're just getting to full spoilers there but when he killed the the girl player 67 there I was rattled because I actually wanted her to win and I thought she was gonna win too I did not think Hmm. 456 was gonna win I thought that was too obvious and I have no problem that he won honestly but I did not think he was gonna win and the the player one twist completely didn't see that coming either. Now I'm covering a lot of stuff right now there, but those are my initial thoughts. It was like a Hunger Games style show for adults and in Korean. I loved yeah. it.
1: Okay. You said so much there. Um, <laughs> all all like the play, like there's 400, it starts off with like 456 players in the, in the complex on the Island doing the games. Like to me like that, like you ha- you had a bit of every personality that like, what you would see in like normal or in life basically in society it was like a minute it's like they took the world and brought and put it to a smaller like micro level and it's like that's how people behave in life you had people like Song Wu who behave that way you know like and, and our main character jihan always like refers to him as like oh he's the smart when he went to school and now look like he amounted to nothing like there's people like that everywhere and yeah. who who or think that they amounted to not like that you got in debt. There's uh, player 67, the girl, and then the older girl, like how they behave. Our, our, our villain, player 101. Like it had like everyone in life, but like kind of like all in this complex. I don't know. I love that whole aspect, like uh, criticism of society, basically. What, put, what makes Squid Game horror, in my opinion, is like the reveal in like episode six or seven of the VIPs. Like people, like rich people, are paying to watch this and like getting sick pleasure from it because that is... I don't know if... For, everybody, for anybody who's seen the movie Hostel from 2005, that's ex, it's the exact same thing. Like if Hostel's a horror movie, Squid Game is a horror show because it's the exact same thing. Hostel just has brutal kills and people pay to watch people getting tortured and killed or to do it themselves. Squid Game is very similar to that. It's rich people that have nothing better to do so they... The the old man explains it at the end. He says, like, having too much money, we don't feel anything like we needed. He wanted to create, like, something fun, which that f- gave me goosebumps when he was giving that speech at the end. Uh, can you imagine being that bored that you have to resort to this to, like, create excitement in your life? Oh, my mm-hmm. God. I never want to have that much money where I have to resort to that. Okay, so, I don't know. Do you remember, Eric, episode six? It's the episode where they're playing the marble game, like, They have to collect the marbles from the other player. That episode completely devastated me. It was very sad. Like, I almost teared up. That's when the show got elevated for me to an even higher level of, like, emotional, like, of acting, of how emotional the show could get. Like, I really, really liked that episode, and it only got better after that. Um, The scene between, like, you know, player one and our main character, like, did not see that coming. No, me neither. Oh, my God. And the two girls and, and even our yeah. villain. I was rooting for our villain there hard. Oh, 100%. You know, right? Too.
0: <laughs> and you knew he was going to win, too, because it's not going to be this rando who takes yeah. him out, right? Yeah. So... <laughs> Oh, that was a great oh, dynamic it. between yeah. those two. And the other guy, that guy was kind of funny, though. Like, I think yeah. 278 was his number or something like Hilarious. that. Hilarious. And the other one that you didn't mention, though, is Sung Woo and Ali, which was talk right. about heartbreaking, but yep. also predictable in the sense that you knew as soon as Ali started kind of listening to Sung Woo, I'm like, he's done. He like He's yeah. too innocent and pure that you know Sung is not looking out for him. He's going to exploit that because he's the yeah. smartest guy of all of them.
1: Ali represents the people in society that are like that, that believe what they're being told. And okay. Episode one, when Ali grabs Jihan, like completely, like I was like on the edge of my seat, like, Oh my God, this is crazy. What a great show. It's Um, so
0: good. Did not see you too. Like I would rewatch it from start to finish.
1: Did not exactly. I totally agree. And I did not see the twist coming at all in the last episode. Like, uh, with player one, with player one, I didn't see that coming at all. Like I had no they, like, how could you though? Right. Because well, tech, he's the only person you don't see his death. Right. That's like, on true. screen. And my favorite game out of the six where it was the bridge one with the glass panels. I don't that know was what you, yeah. uh, which one was your favorite. Uh,
0: that's tough. You know,
1: yeah. I kind of like
0: tug of war to be oh. honest, just because like <laughs> it started off as like, okay, the old man's giving them the strategy it's working. But you kind of knew that it wasn't going to be that easy. So uh-huh. then they flip the switch. The other team starts to get momentum back. And then Sung Woo goes in with the Hail Mary, which I loved. Like shake, Shook the game up. And then yeah. they got momentum back and then dragged them off. But that was a brutal game.
1: That was a like fun imagine one. Imagine like that and- you're,
0: you're directly, like, you're just pulling these people to their
1: dooms, right? And Player 101's game, that was funny too. Like... When they see who they're matched up against, they're like, "All right, we got this." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, was he was great. A solid that guy did villain. great. Yeah, Docu Su- Dexu or Docu. Docu, Doc Doc Yeah. Did you like episode two where you, they kind of go back to their regular lives and you see how like how like they're losers almost? Well, they don't have much going on. Like that was really. I was surprised at that. To be honest, I didn't
0: think they were gonna be going back. I thought player one was gonna vote in favor of staying in the game. So that definitely threw me off. I knew they were gonna end up going back in there though. So I knew like it was only temporary. Mm -hmm. But then that's also how we were able to get the cop into the fold, which unfortunately I feel like that plot might have been. The subplot was maybe a little weak and didn't lead up to much. And I thought I thought it was a little far fetched that like the front man was his brother, yeah. which I, I actually okay to say I called this is a huge stretch because it was only moments before his death. That I'm like, that's his brother, because it's like, what are the odds that they're on this cliff? Then the cops like facing his death and he asks him, who are you? There's no way it's just going to be like the front man takes his mask off and it's some random dude. You're right. It had to be someone of him of significance and uh, who else could it be? I'm like, Okay. It, this is probably his brother, but it's not like I called this from the start. I'm like, okay, he's looking for his brother. It's going to be the front man. Anyway, I thought that was a bit of a stretch What were your thoughts on that. Like the front man cop plot.
1: I liked it when it started, like when the cops, like first in a costume with the circle or a triangle and then, like, he kind of, he kind of is getting upgraded every time. I liked yeah. it then. But the more it went on, at the end, I'm like, ah, it's not really... I I knew it wasn't going to end well for him, for the cop. Like, I had a feeling the like bad guys would win there. And the more that went on, I wanted to just get back to the main storyline. Agreed. I didn't mind it at first, though. I kind of liked when he was had to impersonate, like, the costumed figures. Um, speaking of the costumed fi- like, all the employees that work there, them, that was super cool. But the music, like, I don't know, like, the music they played when they were collecting... Collecting the bodies with the coffins. And that was so cool to me. I love that. Like, what what great, like, um, set design, I guess you call it. Like, and like, the masks of the VIPs were super cool, in my opinion. Um, the front man looked pretty menacing and cool. The front man was dope. You know, the floor with all, like, the holograms of all the players and darkened when they get eliminated. No, I love the whole um, Squid Game. I have to recommend it to everybody. Like, yes, is it everybody talking about it or has talked about it yes but like believe the hype it's it's really good after like 20 people telling me go watch it i'm super glad i finally listened i mean you eric were the last like when you told me i think on the last episode we talked about it um when you said you liked it i'm like all right that's Mail all i need in the coffin yeah, it's one thing people at work telling me but when you tell me it's you hold way more like value and because i trust you way more and than random people obviously likewise yeah. for your yeah.
0: recommendations so and I, I don't know if you knew this but the sets also for squid game were all like physical sets The none oh. of it was like green screen maybe okay, maybe not none of it there but i do yeah. know that they built those sets like with those cool. color. i love the color palettes too yeah like the bright pink green and even like the two the guards and um the prisoners like or the contestants like their color their uh, costumes look amazing too and they're complimentary they're like um opposite colors too in the the wheel of colors the score was so good like that music was so eerie too it. Like, yeah. e- eh, eh, eh. you know i'll maybe <laughs> add that in there i don't know if i did it justice there but it was a great show i know we spoil i spoiled a lot of it there in my opening statement but i would definitely recommend the show it was awesome One of my favorites of the year, for sure.
1: I gave a spoiler warning, so people, you've been warned. And this, again, just proves, I've been saying this for a lot of episodes, but, like, South Korea, they're giving us such great stuff. And, yes, they're not going to, like, put a crappy South Korean product on Netflix. Like, we're only going to receive the best over here. We're not going to get their B stuff. But, like, man, they make solid things. Who knows, maybe I'll be taught, maybe South Korea will be brought up more in future episodes. Yeah, man, maybe, if you uh, have
0: some some recommendations for yeah. me, maybe some physical Blu-ray copies that I can yeah. peruse, and uh, I would definitely
1: like to like,
0: expand my knowledge on this uh, area of Excellent. cinema.
1: Earlier on in the episode, you talked about Haunting a Hill House in Bly Manor, Perfect. which was our last Perfect. Halloween. Now, Mike Flanagan this year put out a new TV show, yeah. um, Midnight Mass. He wrote and directed it, produced it. I don't know, he does probably everything on it, and he loves using the same actors. In my opinion my opening thoughts like it wasn't I like the other two shows more this one was a little different in terms of like what type of horror was it it was going to be but again this one like was superbly acted the location was amazing the scares were done well I guess my issues were only with like the climax maybe but uh, yeah those are my opening thoughts Eric what did you think of Midnight Mass?
0: Yeah I thought it was all right to be honest like I'm I'm just looking at reviews that people are giving on, like, IMDb, and there's a oh. lot of, like, 9 out of 10s, 10 out of 10s. I'd say, like, at most, this would get a 6 in my books, the book of gospel, if you will, which is one of my main complaints of this show, is that it, was, it came off as extremely preachy, and, like, a lot, a lot of long, monologue-heavy yeah. scenes, which, you know what? I can stomach those, like in a Tarantino movie, you get a lot of dialogue-heavy scenes that can last like 10 minutes straight of just pure dialogue, but these, I felt like they got a little repetitive by like the third or fourth episode. I will agree that I did love the acting, I was a big fan of Kate Siegel, Yeah. huge fan of her character, it's Zach Guilford as well as Riley Flynn, shout out, he was in Friday Night Lights actually yes. as um...
1: Matt Saracen
0: saracen yeah you know what the um monsignor uh, whatever his name was monsignor pruitt pruitt
1: Is i don't it? know yeah i think so you
0: know what my favorite character was in the show or one of them who was really criminally underused was uh the sheriff hassan yes. you know yes. i feel like there's so much more in that character that they could have brought to the surface and I really I did enjoy in saying that I thought it was overly religious I did like the different um religious ideologies that were coming up and like how they were just preaching Christianity in this town and suppressing like understanding or um in access to information of the Quran because he was Muslim and his son was uh, Muslim as well like I really like that dynamic and I wish that they would have done a lot more with that rather than just have like his son Anyway, I don't know if we wanna spoil stuff there. There were some good twists that I liked, but overall I thought I was okay. i I was like forcing myself to finish this, honestly, because I was at the same time I was being recommended Squid Game, but I was three oh. episodes into Midnight Mass. Like I felt like I, it was a burden to just keep going and stomach this show and then finally got to Squid Game and crushed that way quicker than Midnight Mass. So yeah, those are my thoughts on it, honestly.
1: For myself, it started out really slow, and I wasn't sure. I really liked the middle section of the show, and I thought the last episode was very disappointing to me. I loved all the scenes with Zach Guilford and Kate Siegel, yep. um, and like the Zach Gilf the Riley character. Like, I love that whole like he had a lot of demons in him, and like even facing them every night going to bed. You know, like what he's staring at. Yep. Like how his character him on the boat basically with uh with Katie Kate Siegel's crazy. character, that was like to me that was one of the best scenes in the show. Agreed. That was really well done. Well, I'm just gonna go out and say it like I'm just spoiling it all out. Now like the whole vampire thing. <laughs> or demon or I mean, I mean angel yeah angel i felt like that. he looked really cool and it was an yep. interesting idea to like infest the whole town with like convert everybody but like i didn't like that last episode where everyone's running around there's fires everywhere i didn't like that at all i don't yeah. know i just i was picturing something different even in episode one they like they they show the kids a lot and I'm like, oh, is it, are they going to go like it? Like it's the kid's perspective on like what's going on in the town and they're going to do investigating and stuff. No, that all gets thrown out like the window pretty quickly. And yes, I understood like the whole, the mother of one of the characters that starts like remembering again because I don't know, she's been giving the blood. Like that whole thing and the reveal of the Monsignor, who he is. Like I did see that coming. Same. Maybe not as, not as quick as some people. Like I think my mom like caught on right away and I'm like, what? It was very, like, the, the gore, like, the, like, it was brutal. Like, the church scene with all the bitings and the conversions, you know, like, when everyone's get, becoming a vampire, that was pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. But, Eric, you nailed it. All those monologue scenes, like, just Riley talking to the Monsignor for, like, it looked like, <laughs> all, like it was like an AA meeting almost, but then they'd debate on, like, everything. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that got, I'm not going to lie, that got a little long. You're watching that late at night. You're like, okay, come on, keep me awake. Not, not Mike Flanagan's best but still like really well produced like the content was made well it just maybe the writing and story could have been different right like that's where i'll leave it off on midnight mass
0: yeah i agree would you yeah. would it be fair to say also that maybe haunting of hill house is the star wars original trilogy blind manor is uh, your prequels and then midnight mass is your sequel trilogy and that like we look Like, Bly Manor got criticized at the time that it wasn't nearly as good as Hill House, that it was not as scary, maybe even a weak finish. But now, compared to Midnight Mass, I'll take some Bly all day. Like, and I was actually looking fondly on Bly. Like, man, I missed that show. Like, I liked that that cast and stuff. Obviously, because, like, the Sheriff was the most prominent character who was in Bly Manor and uh, is in Midnight Mass. Like, Like I said, I was a big fan of his character. Kate Siegel, Saracen, That's your, and obviously the Monsignor, like he did well as well, but I was getting fed up with him and the nun, my God, I could not stand her as well. Like she, it was too bad that she didn't die to be honest. Like that she got shot and then gets up not too long after there. Yeah. I mean, that's honestly all I got on Midnight Mass. So a little disappointing to be honest, because you're right. It started off slow, then picked up, but then unfortunately fumbled at the finish line. Well said.
1: And Hill House is definitely the original trilogy but hill house was like he had a whole book to like fall back on when writing the script like that wasn't all his baby like midnight mass is like his probably his baby like i read like he was writing it for years before like and you can see all the influences like it, it feels like a stephen king story midnight mass mm, like yeah. stephen king would have told it through the kids perspective i i bet you i think that's enough midnight mass talk yeah. i think we it's due diligence
0: yeah i can dive in with the like i've watched a few horror movies in the last month there it's been really fun i actually broke matt one of your kernel rule or cardinal rules around this movie Uh had to do it though for this pod i watched the 1985 the thing (laughs) absolutely loved it (laughs) oh John Carpenter's *The Thing*.
1: You were kind of scaring me for a second. I'm like, "Uh oh, what's going on?"
0: So I did not watch. For those of you wondering what I'm talking about here, I did not watch this movie. Matt says Matt said in an episode yeah. that he always watches this movie at, on the first snowstorm. Which, unfortunately, for the purposes of watching this movie, there hasn't been one since that. Like at the time of uh, watching that movie, but I am um, still watch it. Definitely recommend this movie. It's basically like. A crew of, um, I don't really know what they are, like explorers, scientists, whatever. They work on this base in Antarctica. They get visited by a member of another, a neighboring base of the uh, Norwegian base, I guess. And uh, he's going crazy trying to shoot this dog. So they take him out and then they go check out their bit that his base and they see that there's a lot of stuff that went on there that then basically there is an alien that has made contact on earth and has made its way into their base and then they're basically trying to figure out like how to get rid of this alien that is not as it appears to be and um, it ends up becoming like a a situation where the entire crew can't trust one another because Mm -hmm. the alien has shape-shifting abilities and can take on the can take on the form of anyone in the crew so they're not sure who's been infected by the the thing if you will and they all start doubting each other I loved it it was so good, good. it really reminded uh-huh. me of like Alien as well like it had those kind of similar vibes like sci-fi horror suspense just some psychological yeah. aspect to it too Kurt Russell is the lead actor in that movie and he was awesome as a MacReady
1: Mac- MacReady yeah McReady, yeah (laughs) yeah. you nailed it eric when you said alien because it's the isolation you cannot go anywhere you will die you will freeze to death like just like an alien you're you're in space and the paranoia and like not knowing who's if if you're the thing or if someone else is the thing like there's quite a bit of them on the base so turning on each other like i that's the best aspect of the movie in my opinion is like not knowing and everybody turning on each other and like when they do like the blood test to see yeah. who the thing is like I love that scene and and Eric what, what were your thoughts on the practical effects like that's not CGI like oh that's... it's so
0: good and yeah. I had actually seen one of those scenes on Twitter before and I was when I saw it saw it in the movie I'm like oh, okay that's where that scene was from where like the stomach opens up yeah. there and like there's the teeth in there like and I honestly I feel like I wasn't scared watching this movie there but I feel like if I saw that movie as a kid I would have been freaking terrified because there are like a lot of gruesome moments in there oh yeah like dog body parts melting off and like limbs falling and i don't want to spoil it too much because i do i am still recommending it to people like it's on netflix check it out but uh, no the practical effects were top notch honestly they still hold up to this day and i much prefer i'll take practical over cgi any day of the week and like to see that these still hold up to this day, really fun to see. Like this movie's almost is what, thirty-six years old, so
1: Yeah, stop. I think it came out in eighty eighty two. It's eighty two, damn. Yeah. Okay. I thought I thought um, it was eighty five. Okay. Is it's yeah.
0: okay, it's cause I knew that there was a three year gap between that and Alien, and Alien is ah, seventy nine. Yeah. So I, I guess I, I switched the two up. It's my yeah. bad people.
1: Those are Matt's here
0: to correct, so we got it.
1: <laughs> no, I also love that movie, like the subtle score. The score is actually done by Neil Maricone, the guy who does all these westerns. And, like, this score is, like, this score is anything but, like, super in your face. It's just in the background. And, oh, nice. Nice. I listened to it today,
0: actually, before (sighs) doing this pod, like, while I was working. I loved it. So good.
1: So the image of Kurt Russell with the flamethrower, like, Cole, like, in the snow, like, that is as iconic as it gets for horror. It's as iconic as, like, Carrie drenched in blood or uh, Michael Myers in Halloween or any, like, horror image you can conjure up. Did you like, like, without getting it... Into, well, I mean, the movie's super old. I don't mind spoiling it. But, like, did you like <laughs> how it ended? Did you like that downbeat, like, ending? Not the... I guess it's an open ending. Did you like that?
0: I mean, I thought... Yeah, I thought the ending was pretty solid. I okay. mean, you knew it wasn't gonna go anywhere else, really. Like, they had, there's no way out, I didn't think.
1: Yeah, like, here's here's my question. Like, at the end, there's only two of them lying there. Like, one of them could be the thing. Okay. Like, they're they're trying to, like, make sure it doesn't go anywhere. But it's like, do you, even at the end, what I love is you, they still don't trust each other. They still don't know. And, like, mm-hmm. Kurt Russell, the last lines in the movie, like, Kurt Russell just, like, when J- Childs is like, what do we do now? He's like, I don't know. Why don't we just lay here for a little while, see what happens? It's just, like to me it's like depressing to me that ending and it's like two bros like they're probably they know they're not making it out oh, you know yeah. they're gonna freeze to th- like it's just very like it's like two soldiers just like acknowledging their fate mm-hmm. and every time I watch that movie it just hits me at the end like ah oh, man could have gone so different that's um,
0: That was kind of my interpretation of it as well, yeah. but I didn't really think ahead like you about wondering like if one of them was the thing Yeah, because I don't know, maybe that's the benefit of having seen it a few more times. Like I was just taking it at face value. Like, okay, they got, they killed the thing. Yeah, Now they're going to die. Like it's, it seemed inevitable. Like there's no hope for them. Like the next wave of rescue would be coming in the spring and like, there's no hope for them to survive that long. Right. So yeah. I just, and like, they, they even kind of accepted it that like the thing to do at this point was, kill the thing to save humanity because from first contact on, it would take like, I forget what the the exact number was there. number of hours for like the whole earth to be contaminated. Yeah. So, I mean, they knew what they had to do. They succeeded the mission or maybe they didn't. Who knows? Maybe one of them is the thing. And uh, that's a, that's an interesting way of looking at it though. I didn't, I didn't look at it like that though. Honestly,
1: like to save time. I like, I don't want to talk about the thing too, too much. Like I could, it's one of my, it's probably my favorite horror film, that and Halloween. So, but I'm just going to say one more thing. Um, The Norwegian, when they go see like the Norwegian camp, like that's what the thing prequels about. It's like what happened at their camp. So if anyone's interested in the thing from 2011, it's just explaining like what went on at the uh, Norwegian camp. Mm, okay. So, interesting. Yeah. Was and it a solid got, movie? Uh,
0: I didn't like, mind it. It has good, but
1: yeah, like, it has bad CGI in it, and but you got Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Joel Edgerton, so they're pretty solid in it. Solid but I hadn't I haven't watched it in ten years, right? So I, I can't recall. I remember being disappointed because it's not like the original, but nothing is. Right. I'm just gonna get into one of my movies now. You started with a classic. I'm gonna go into another older classic, 1978's *Dawn of the Dead*. Georgie Romero's *Dawn of the Dead*. This man, right, this, this man right here, George A. Romero, pretty much, not pretty much, he did create the slow-moving flesh-eating zombie with his movie from 68 called Night of the Living Dead. He pretty much like created a genre and there'd be no Walking Dead without him and no, no other zombie movie as we know it if it wasn't for him. So 10 years later after Night of the Living Dead, he did Dawn of the Dead, which takes place, it's basically a zombie invasion movie, but takes place mostly in a mall. So, um they did a remake in 2004 of this one. This one's like gritty, fast-paced, quickly edited. Like the editing's really frantic as is like that's his style. If you like like if you like a zombie movie but also like seeing good character development and them chilling at a mall and like trying to get supplies, barricading the stores, just like having little adventures in the mall and like chilling out, this is a great movie for you. It's it's a longer movie but it's very like there's always stuff going on and eventually you know like when there's more and more zombies coming in like they're going to get overrun so they got to think of an escape plan and uh it's it's a really good movie it's a classic really and Dawn of the Dead pretty much inspired like any good zombie movie after that was inspired by it any hell any bad one too okay. so basically this movie was a pioneer for the, the, the zombie genre first time you see like zombies like eating and attacking people and it being gory, really like anything you see in walking dead. Like that was all done for the first time in Dawn of the dead to like gore wise. I'm saying like with the blood and like people getting ripped open. Uh, So Dawn of the dead, super important movie, super fantastic movie to watch.
0: Okay. I've never seen it. I've of course I've heard of it. And as you said, like it paved the way for classics, like walking dead. The, what I've heard is, has been listed as potentially even better than dawn of the dead is army of the dead which dropped this year by Zack snyder right like that's that's been hailed
1: hey, by some like as a very critically acclaimed movie snyder will probably is probably the biggest fan of george a. romero he remade the dawn of the dead in 2004 so mm, okay so he I mean, did re- wow okay yeah yeah like Zack snyder is a huge romero fan a lot of directors love george a. romero because he was an indie director he didn't he had his own production company he did everything his own way no studio ever told him what to do unless he shot a picture just strictly for them but like he did things his own way and he he was an inspiration to a lot of young filmmakers like you'll hear tarantino talk about romero all the time like one of his heroes and a lot of directors will cite him as an inspiration he did everything in pittsburgh like he's from pittsburgh he has a school set up there now or yeah no, he does um, like he did a lot for the community he was like a he's like a legend but he's not like a mainstream legend he's just like a every filmmaker like he's like a film school legend you know like you everybody wants to have his thing where he can do his own thing and i'll definitely check it out
0: there if i can get my hands on it There, i don't know if that's on any streaming platform there but i'll definitely look for it and get into the next one that i watched there, I actually watched this movie a while ago. This was like in September. I've just been holding on to it until we do this pod. This is a little different than obviously the thing in that it's not like a traditional horror movie. It's more like a psychological horror movie. Okay. It's called The Gift starring uh, oh, Jason yeah. Bateman. I actually really like this movie in that like, it's, it's a thinker. The way it ends too is speaking of open ended, like where you're asking me about if the thing you don't know what happened at the end in the gift, you really don't know, right? But like I have my idea and interpretation of how it ends, but I really liked it, like how this how Jason Bateman and his wife move, and then they bump into Gordo, who's a like a, kind of a loser guy that uh, Bateman's character went to high school with and actually bullied as a kid he like starts to really like become attached to Bateman's wife and uh, follows her around and like is just always around like giving them gifts at their home and stuff and then Bateman steps in like okay we gotta cut ties with this guy like he's no good so he's a weirdo and um, then you kind of start to question like who is the character that you should be feeling bad for or liking or rooting for because it does flip it did flip a little bit for me like okay like I kind of feel bad for Gordo now and I'm not sure about Bateman who's being very shady and we don't really know about his past and he's not really presented as an extremely likable character like you like his wife way more then you start to find out stuff about the past and yeah I mean like I don't really want to spoil this one it's on Netflix I would recommend it there's a good turn in the movie what are your thoughts on uh, the gift Matt
1: Oh, I loved the gift when I watched it. Um, okay, we're not gonna spoil this one because it like you guys have to go see this movie. But like, the more that got revealed in the movie, the more I was loving it. Like, oh my god, like this is perfect. And Bateman does such a great job. There's like a turn. Oh, I I don't wanna. I'll, i I want to talk to you off air about it. Okay. <laughs> and and Joel Egerton is so cre- He's perfect playing that like creep. But then like like you said, you, you who is the actual like person where going against here and it's rebecca hall right the wife rebecca hall, yeah. yeah Yeah, she's great too she's no great wh- what a great what a great movie and yeah it blurs the like is it psychological thriller horror i would put it as horror but like i'm super loose with that term like i consider any like jaws to me as a horror movie but yeah anyways no i'm glad you liked it eric nah. super underrated too like nobody talks about it
0: yeah i didn't have amazing reviews either like not that i judge my um content to watch based on reviews but i was surprised i was hovering around like a six most places Ooh. i saw where i was like "Friggin' midnight mass was getting nines and tens but i loved the gift yeah. so i would definitely recommend and um like i said like and like you said also blurs the lines on who we're supposed to be rooting for and there are a lot of good twists and turns in the movie it's not a very long movie either there so definitely recommend my next one is a very long movie, but we'll go with you okay. first, there, Matt.
1: <laughs> I'll just go with my last old one. Like I watched, like i have been rewatching all these classics because I know they're good. Let me just, okay, I'll just go quickly into uh, 1985. So seven years after Romero did Dawn of the Dead, he did a movie called Day of the Dead. It's my favorite of his zombie movies. Oh. It has no joke. It has like the best gore effects you've ever seen for a zombie movie. For a zombie movie. Even any maybe, it might be the best special of, or practical effects of any horror movie. It's wow. so well done. Like, it looks real. D- Day of the Dead basically just follows Dawn of the Dead, where the, the zombies have overrun Earth. This takes place in an underground military base, where we have half the people are scientists and or, and, or doctors, and the other half are military you can see like the the more time is passing the more they're getting into disagreements. The military wants to do things their way, use the resources their way and the scientists want to do things th- their way and use the use the manpower another way. So like they keep fighting and eventually it bring it reaches a boiling point and then that's where the movie kicks off and then the last maybe 40 minutes is just insanity like zombie carnage and oh my god Eric like it <sighs> the best practical effects I've ever seen and like no joke like and I remember like watching behind the scenes and how they like they filmed it and they use like real pig intestines and it was it got all warm and like actors had to like stop themselves from like throwing up because it was all like
0: disgustingly
1: like rancid yeah like can you imagine that like the extras that were the zombies were almost like getting sick no like Day of the Dead is one of the most famous zombie movies ever made and for good reason i mean it's top notch the the main girl in the movie she's such a badass one of the greatest uh like horror heroines so yeah just qu- day of the dead that's like to me that's romero's like his high water mark like i don't think he's ever any done anything else better than day of the dead um it closes out the trilogy of like night of the living dead dawn and day and he did three more zombie movies after day of the dead but they didn't they never reached anything day of the dead could do so, yeah, like those two, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, those are like horror must sees, basically. If you want to like the history of the genre, they're like, you have to hit those two movies.
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, I'd love to maybe borrow them from you yeah, and see Double if feature I can or something, yeah. Check them out there. <laughs> but But uh, we'll uh, discuss that off air, of course. Uh-huh. But right on, I actually, okay, of course, I've probably heard of Day of the Dead, but I feel like Dawn of the Dead or Night of the Living Dead are the two titles that you maybe hear more. Yeah. Often in like pop culture or just in general, like day of the dead where you're saying it's possibly the best one of the three might be the one that gets the least light shed on it. Despite what? being it's... Uh, set during daytime, of course. So right on. I'll, uh, I'll check those out if I can at some point down the road.
1: Sweet. And you're absolutely right, Eric. It doesn't get any love probably because it's very gory good stuff
0: so yeah my next one that i watched and watched this a few days ago actually is uh, the sequel to the classic stanley kubrick the shining so i watched dr sleep which um it had been on my list for a while and I actually haven't, i've only seen the shining once i, I would have liked to re-watch it before watching dr sleep i didn't get a chance to do so because i really like the shining but thankfully there were a lot of callbacks to the shining and like some refreshers in the movie I enjoyed it, honestly. Like, I did like the hunt to um, kill these, um, I forget what they're called. Like, the people who basically suck up steam. Like, people's essence and stuff to, like, be somewhat immortal. Like, the villains and stuff. And, like, I really enjoyed it. thought it was a solid movie. Ewan McGregor was great as uh, the kid from The Shining, now an adult. And I, I loved the um, girl as well. Yeah thought she was really cool and like the villain was good in there as well Uh, ruby or rose with the hat
1: rose the hat yeah
0: rose in the hat yeah (laughs) um, no
1: rebecca ferguson as her like favorite part of the movie for me
0: yeah she was great yeah i mean i would recommend dr sleep if you like the shining it was a solid movie it's a long movie like two almost two and a half hours but i enjoyed it i watched it in one shot which is uncommon for me. I'm more of a three, four sitting guy, but uh, it was a solid movie or your thoughts on Dr. Sleep.
1: Well, I absolutely loved Dr. Sleep. Like I saw it at the cinema. I had read the book beforehand. So what basically it's it, Mike Flanagan. Uh, we keep talking about him. He directed right, Dr. Uh, Sleep. He directed it. <laughs> yeah. He basically, he did something that I never thought would be possible. He took a classic, a movie by Stanley Kubrick, no less, and made an, decided to shoot a sequel uh, about it and like which is unheard of like you don't like you don't do a sequel to a classic he took Stephen King's book of Doctor Sleep sorry and he took Stanley Kubrick's version of The Shining which is not even close to the King version um, so he he basically he accommodated both parties those who liked the Shining movie he satisfied them and those who liked the Doctor Sleep book he satisfied them too all in one movie he took elements from both because Stephen King's version of the Shining is not what Stanley Kubrick did. He kind of made it his own and changed the ending. So what Mike Flanagan had to do was tweak a little bit of the Doctor Sleep book to accommodate the Stanley Kubrick's vision of the shining and he did it masterfully like uh, he did such a great job. Hugh and McGregor's always great. Um, the little girl Abra, total badass like when she's fighting Rose like in her head. Um, that was great. Yeah. There was a brutal scene with like uh, a kid that like the the true not those are the bad guys. Like they when they attack him and like suck up his steam, brutal. Yeah. I liked uh, Ewan McGregor's buddy, um, played by C- Cliff Curtis, like in the town, like his yeah, uh, yeah, the guy good. who welcomes him. like that guy is such a solid actor. He's been in like movies for twenty years. Everybody knows his face, but like that guy's everywhere. Okay, he's a uh, he's great. No, love Doctor Sleep, Eric. I can't say enough good. Of, like I always recommend this movie to everyone. Um, I'm glad you liked it too.
0: Yeah, it was actually on my radar. Like when it released in 2019, like I intended on seeing it in the theaters because I was actually starting slowly, surely to come around on horror movies, and like I'd seen like the It movies, the. Um like Bird Box, A Quiet Place, some of those movies, and, like, was trying to get into the mainstream horror but never got around to it. So, yeah, I would mean, definitely recommend it on Netflix. Check it out. Great movie.
1: All right, I'll jump into my next one. I'll just rattle off some older ones I watch. I won't talk about them in depth. But these are, folks, these are absolutely, like, absolute classics of in the horror genre, and there's a reason why I rewatch them every year. Rosemary's Baby from 1968 the omen from 1976 and of course halloween from 78 the original i watched that recently i didn't want to wait i just i had to pop it in right away because i'm going to go see the new one pretty soon as of when this episode's dropped i will have seen the new halloween movie halloween kills but i uh, haven't seen it yet um okay so the one i'm going to talk about now came out this year it's called malignant directed by james wan James Wan has a really interesting career. He's from New Zealand. He did uh, the first Saw movie. He did Dead Silence. He did um, Death Sentence, The Conjuring, Insidious, The Conjuring 2. But then like, he did, also did Furious 7 and Aquaman. So mm-hmm. like, Hollywood, Hollywood kind of recognizes horror talent and his directing talent and is like, hey, come shoot a movie with us, Furious 7. Oh, it made a ton of money. And then James goes and makes whatever movie he wants to make. Then it's like, hey, come do Aquaman for us. And I think he's in between Aquaman and Aquaman 2. He shot this movie. He made this movie Malignant, which is, if you watch Malignant, you would never imagine this director goes on to freaking direct like stuff like Aquaman. It's, That's it's, awesome. It's such a small budget and small story. Malignant stars Annabelle Wallace, who was in Peaky Blinders, and um, she was in the Mummy movie with Tom Cruise. She's in season one of Peaky Blinders, the blonde girl, like the the main girl. Okay, um, yeah. She's yeah, in yeah.
0: like a few seasons, actually. Yeah. Did you see Tommy's too, right? wife?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, she's yeah. With to- yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, don't know, I was being so cryptic. Yeah. She's also in the first Annabelle movie. Yeah, her name's Annabelle, and she's in Annabelle. Malignant, I liked it. It was very like... It's not mainstream at all. It, like it, I think it's more for people like me that like horror movie from the 80s where it's just over the top, gory, and okay. doesn't make sense. You have to kind of buy into the concept of the movie for you to like it or else you're just going to think it's stupid. You have to suspend disbelief, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Gotcha. But uh, no, I was intrigued. I mean, it was a super easy watch. The last act was amazing to me, like when you get the reveal and all the violence and the gore. Like, I really enjoyed Malignant. It's not something I would ever recommend if you're ever, like, starting to watch horror movies. Or There's way, uh, there's way more movies that are friendlier and more accommodating than Malignant. Malignant is, like, you're asking a lot from the audience members. Okay. So I know why I didn't make a big splash when it came out now. Not, like, Insidious or The Conjuring, but I really like Malignant, so I'm just bringing that one out there.
0: Would you say I've reached the level of being able to handle Malignant or
1: still like. You can watch Malignant, no problem. Okay. But again, like, you have to suspend your disbelief. Like, you got to pretend you're watching an older movie and being like, ah, this is just silly. Okay. Like, yeah. Okay, okay.
0: Well, speaking of silly, like the next two, I only have two left that I want. I'm just going to rattle off without getting into too much detail on both of them. One of which is like a a zombie comedy movie. And I think you mentioned it on the pod. I might be completely making this up, but I watched Zombieland Double Tap the other day, I actually had the lowest expectations watching this, which is why, probably why I actually really enjoyed it, I laughed way more than I thought I would, it was actually pretty funny, and now, in, in recommending this, I don't want to be <laughs> saying that it's, like, a great movie, and then you watch, it and it's like, okay, this is brutal, but I'm just saying, my experience watching the movie was, like, I had low expectations, I really enjoyed it, starring, actually, my co-star, Avon Jogia, who starred in The Exchange, of course, and he was he was all right in there, right? Like, the kid oh my that uh, God, Little Rock yeah. meets, like, the hippie. He was in there. Oh, my God. L- little role for my uh, my homie and uh, Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I enjoyed Double Tap. And, like, obviously, it's not really a horror movie. There's zombies, and it's, uh, it's a comedy. Like, Woody Harrelson's hilarious in it, and, uh, yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, okay, anyways, <laughs> I enjoyed watching it, so I'll just say that the other one I watched, I guess, <coughs> kind of, it's kind of dumb as well. It's called Crawl. Have you seen this yeah. movie, Matt?
1: Oh yeah, I really so, like Crawl.
0: You know, it was pretty solid. Yeah. The, um Like basically, this girl gets stuck in a type fi- a level five, type five. Uh, hurricane in Florida and she goes to see her dad like to see what's up with him and the house gets flooded and well not the house the house doesn't get flooded but they um, go underneath the house and they're kind of trapped under the house while there is and like there's a flood in the street and all that and alligators get underneath the foundation and they're like navigating their way through the network of pipes and just like foundation blocks to avoid the alligators and get to safety. So it's just like some ridiculousness level thriller, horror. There's some gore in there. Obviously, you know, I had a good time watching a little hour and an hour and 20 minute long movie. It actually, it's like some chamber of secrets vibe for me when they're underneath the house. Like it's a little damp. The alligators are slowly moving stealth mode, and when that when there gets more water, and they're like they're zipping around in there, right? Like they're a, a bigger threat than on land. But our protagonist is actually on the swim team for her university, so that's how she can kind of compete with them because otherwise it'd just be completely ludicrous that she can outswim gators but you know suspension of disbelief may be needed watching this movie so you know i'm gonna recommend it as well it's a low risk horror movie i had a good time watching it
1: well said eric low risk (laughs) yeah i got a lot of time a day for movies like that like that are just fun i can switch my brain off like it's crawl is a perfect movie in that sense yeah like if you start nitpicking all like the the logic and, like, the decision-making. Yeah, like, who's to say... How, how would you react in that situation? Like, calm down. I like the whole, like, dad angle, too. They went, like, with the story. Um, like, it wasn't just, like, a one-dimensional movie. The main girl does really good. Just yeah, she was solid, for sure. Yeah, Riley. I think it's Riley Co. I thought she... it was
0: Amber Heard. She kind of looks like her. I thought oh, it was her. She... Like in the preview on Netflix, like I thought it was Amber Heard. Oh, I was okay. like, all right, I'll check it out. And it was not yeah, the, her, but
1: it's still yeah. solid. The girl in this one looks like, there's two actresses that look like her. Actually, I guess Amber Heard's one of them, but there's another one that looks exactly like her and it always mixes me up. Um, but that's a, that's another tangent. Um, no, Crawl. like the guy who, the director of crawls is a French director and he does a lot of fun horror movies. Like he did the Piranha remake. Which is absolutely bonkers, but like, how can you not smile when you watch that movie? He did the Hills Have Eyes remake 2 in 2004, and that's, Eric, that's like a phenomenal like, disturbing and like, great horror film, like, it's a must see.
0: Funny you mention that movie, so I was that actually, that reminds me in like, I think 2008, I was at a friend's house, like, it wasn't a Halloween party, but it was like a get together, and like, we watched, I don't know, we are just hanging out, like, good night, and then... That movie got thrown on oh. and one of my friends was leaving. And actually by this point, my my dad had called me, like, oh, do you want to ride? I was like, No, I'm good. I'm gonna hang out. And then my friends like, Alright, we're gonna watch the Hills Have Eyes. And then one of my friends was leaving, like, can I come home and like get dips? So I basically got a ride with him. Uh. And I got out of there ASAP. <laughs> was not trying to watch that movie because I remember seeing like trailers for it and just not being about it and uh That's awesome. yeah it was uh, it was honestly like a 10 minute span too where i missed the ride from my dad and then just so happened that my friend who actually lived around our house as well was leaving i was like oh, i'm getting out of here asap so maybe now i can handle it though maybe maybe uh Should be good
1: definitely now back then no you made the right call eric i'm telling you now you made the right call such a brutal movie but like amazing all right i'll go into my last one okay full disclosure this isn't one that i recently watched but during our conversations, I've been thinking a lot about horror movies, and this one right here. And I've been watching The Office a lot. Like I'm still doing my Office run, and this this is like a, a horror comedy movie that reminds me of The Office, and it has Pedro Pascal in it as like the villain. It's it's called Blood Sucking Bastards, and like the vibe of the movie is like The Office. Like it's hilarious. Like they're just like. They're bored at work, so they come up with little games. And, like, they hear that there's going to be new management coming in, and they're scared, and that's Pedro Pascal's character. And, like, totally different from anything you've seen him in. Like, this is before he was known. The movie gets batshit crazy. Like, the tone of the movie is very comical. So, like, even when it gets gory and stuff, you're not, like... It's not super scary. It's just, hilar- it's just hilarious and very gory. Um, I recommend it to everyone. It's like a hidden gem, basically. blood like bastards. It's like The Office... Horror, uh, version of a horror film, basically, or I I would say it's more like the movie Office Space if it was a horror film. So yeah, Bloodsucking Bastards. I'm I'm recommending that one. I I I haven't I didn't watch it recently, but it's one I do watch. So yeah, yeah. I'll definitely I'm check throwing... that
0: out. And you know me, I like some comedy comedic yeah. aspects in there as well. There, so it's right up my alley for sure. Good. We actually got a few recommendations from people, just movies that they've been watching as well. Okay. So I want to show them some love as well. Friend of the program, Bassem Issa, responded that he watched Insidious lately. I've actually seen it. Like That was one of the first horror movies that I actually saw when I was a little older. I think I was end of high school or maybe university, first year uni. And I thought it was kind of dumb, to be honest. Like, I remember seeing that vampire, or that devil in the corner just being like, this is a joke. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't know.
1: People call that the Darth Maul devil. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. I feel like we've talked about that on the pod yeah.
0: already there, but... <laughs>
1: I liked Insidious, but it's like, it's an assault on your senses. Like the music, it's so loud and like in your face, pop up, pop up. Mm. So
0: that yeah, good stuff, Basam. The next one was from the homie James Swain. He responded that he watched the movie Vampire Ecstasy and made a point of saying that he watched it on Tubi. So a quick Tubi plug on the pod here. I love it. Have you seen that movie, Matt?
1: Yeah, I, unfortunately I have. It's like, it's more like an exploitation, you know, a movie with lots of uh, lots of eye candy. Gotcha. Yeah, it's nothing great. <laughs> okay.
0: So, we can move along then. Good stuff. Vampire ecstasy added to the list. So, the next one was from the homie Justin Mocktinger. He actually saw the movie Candyman in theaters, and he, he really enjoyed it. And his next one was... That he wants to see in theaters is Halloween Kills, so maybe you and he can discuss that movie once you've seen it. But have you seen Candyman, Matt? I have not seen either of these movies.
1: Just saying. I haven't seen either either. I haven't went to see the new one yet. Yeah, Candyman looked
0: scary in those trailers. I, I thought it looked like some intense stuff.
1: and I heard it's a sequel to the original from nineteen ninety or ninety one, so or nineteen ninety two. So it's not it's really not a 94. remake. It's like a keep. Yeah, so ninety four. I think so. Okay, so yeah. 92. <laughs> 92, all right.
0: Never never doubt maths, folks. That's what you should learn. Take away from this. Don't try to get them with dates on the on horror movies especially. I will probably be steering clear, but you never know. And the last one was from the homie Killson Ud. So hers was Crimson Peak and she low-key liked low-key in the movie, so Tom Hiddleston. I I, I thought it was like a, a romance movie, to be honest. It, it, I looked it up because I saw it in the horror movie. I think it was in the horror movie category on Netflix, and then I looked it up, and it said it's a, a romance movie, so is it a horror movie, or like, what's your take on Crimson Peak?
1: Honestly, Eric, it's both. It's a Guillermo del Toro movie. Watch any of his other movies. They're not just one genre, like... Where do I begin? Like Pan's Labyrinth, like what would you call that? A Never drama, a war. fantasy, a war movie, like I don't know. He all his all of Guillermo's horror movies are also like romance or about something else like drama, like The Devil's Backbone and The Shape of Water. Shape of Water, like oh my god, that is That's a romance technically. It's also a lot of other things. It's also a spy movie or a creature feature. I don't know, like to, Crimson Peak is one hundred percent a horror movie. Like all the okay. stuff going on in the movie, great acting. Like Charlie Hunnam, Tom Hiddleston, Mia Wazakowska. Oh, I'm forgetting probably someone really like key, but they're all great in the movie. Um, the set design, like that house that they built for the movie, I think it was shot in Canada too. Amazing and like the the ghosts and the reveals. Like it's a really good movie, Eric. It's lo- It's not a. It's like a journey. There's a lot going on, and yes, it is. There's romance in there and a lot of drama, but no, Crimson Peak, it's one of the best. If you're looking for like a well-made movie, as like all his movies are super well-made, you're not, you're, this isn't an exception here. It's superbly made. Color, like color-wise and cinematography, it's exquisite. The man can do no wrong in that, uh, in that sense.
0: Okay, I'll definitely check it out. So yeah, thanks everybody for the submissions just in the essence of time or do you want to run up some quick random wrecks or do you have anything
1: No, I mean nothing's changed just more of the office squid game Oh, you I mean you season 3 just dropped on Netflix. Okay. That's a show I'll recommend. That's a show I'll recommend. It's called You. Absolutely. Oh my god, I got so into that show like binge watching season 1 and 2 last year and now season three's out. I'm super pumped.
0: Have you started season 3 yet?
1: I watched the first episode only okay. after Squid Game. I want it to keep going. I can't believe I just, yeah. Well, you know, in essence, I've been working a lot too. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's only 10 episodes. It's like, oh, that's the thing with these Netflix things. Like you watch 10, 10 and done and you got to wait a year, year and a half. But uh, I'm going to recommend the show You and uh, book-wise haven't been doing much on that front. Music-wise either. I mean, I'm still doing the 2021 grind. I've, I feel like I've like, it's becoming stagnant. Like, I don't know. Right, Eric? I will say though, the West Side Gun album has been growing on me. It grows I can't on believe you. I, yeah, it's how they get you. But like more on that later. I'm gonna have a whole thing to say on when we do that episode for sure. Yeah. So what, yeah. What about you, Eric?
0: I, I like you as like I'll recommend you as well. We're only two episodes in there, so kind of around the same spot as you. But I'll, I'm actually gonna recommend you mention Netflix. There, they keep pumping out content. I'm gonna recommend something else that you probably have seen is trending in, like their most popular shows on there. It's called Made. I don't know if you've Ooh. heard of it or seen it on there. Yeah, I heard of it's, it. It's uh, I'm actually crushing this show. I'm like uh, six episodes in. It's a one season, one season limited series. I'm actually going to liken it to Queen's Gambit in the sense that Ooh. it's a different story being told, like something that you really don't hear about often. It's like a single mom who's really, like this girl is really struggling in her life. Like she's grinding to get a job and she's working at a maid making shit money. Poor housing situation, always bouncing around, like just trying to provide for her daughter. And honestly, like it is depressing at times, like, and it's some really tough content to take on, but at the end of the day, like I just want to see this girl win and I'm rooting for her and I'm invested in the story, which is why I'm still watching it and keep going with it. And there is a bit of comedy, a humor in there as well, but it's an intense show. Like I'm not going to recommend it to anybody there. Like if you're not willing to handle like some sensitive subject matter, like there is also like an angle of domestic abuse and some violence in there as well. Like there's a lot of heavy content in here. But the great thing about it is that it's a, a great way to share these stories that affect a lot of people and are normally, that don't get that much attention brought to them, which is what I'm enjoying as well. And like it makes you more sensitive to other people's situations. And like just, you, I watch this and just realize like I'm very lucky and um, it's it makes you think, definitely. So Matt, I think you would enjoy it. I'll, I'll definitely say that. But I'm just thinking like, not, not everyone I know who listens to the pod will love this show there, so but I'm really enjoying
1: it. From your description, I think I'd love it, too. Like, I, there's no, I'll watch a show on any subject matter, right? So, based on what you're saying, I think I, I, I know I would like it. I like, like, I don't mind heavy stuff, right? And mm-hmm. if you're saying it's super well done, like, yeah, I'm yeah, in.
0: It is. It's really good. And um,
1: I agree with you on music,
0: man. I'm not listening to rap at all these days. Well, these days, like probably since our last pods, like two weeks ago. But I've really just been listening like soundtracks. Like I've been crushing, honestly, on a daily basis. I listen to Harry Potter soundtracks while I work. It just it's soothing to me. I'm enjoying listening to them. I know I have a song stuck in my head right now, Lily's song. Great stuff. So it's um, definitely. I guess I'd recommend those. But agree, it's kind of nice to take a break from rap. I'm going to switch gears on my recommendations front, though. I have two things on now. It's kind of like baking season. I'm enjoying getting back into the baking game. I'm going to recommend a nice little uh, lemon raspberry bread. I'm not going to list off the whole recipe here. But if you do want to hear more about it and want the full recipe, hit me up. I got you. So the main things I'm going to highlight here are you need some coconut flour for this and some cardamom seasoning so those are the two things that like, you wouldn't normally have at your house. So you need to specifically buy these things because so it doesn't really work with other ingredients. So I'd recommend that. And um, it's really good stuff. Like super easy to make and to just mix the the wet mix into the dry stuff. Mix it up, throw it in the, the oven for 40 minutes and Bob's your uncle. So that's my, one, my baking wreck. And the other thing is just like as you'll notice in this picture, I'm rocking an orange shirt. And I just mean to say that I'm... Um, and I'll buy some different clothes in different colors, like switch things up. I bought like some yellow shirt, yellow shorts, which I love. It's good. Like those are colors that I never really thought I'd wear. And <laughs> I know this is super, this is freaking taking random recommendations to a whole nother level. But just like diversify in what you think that you like. It's good to try different things out. And I'm loving these orange and yellow colors that I'm throwing on on a daily basis. It's fun stuff expand your horizons people i used to be all about rocking black there's a lot more life than that so those are my random recommendations
1: wait okay did you say yellow shorts or shirt shorts shorts okay i gotta see those to believe that i mean no like i i would never i've never worn yellow shirt shorts so how do i know they look bad on me you know what i mean like yeah you do have to try it Exactly. Um, I I rock like Eric. I'm bad. I rock like gray, black, blue, like the the nar- darker neutral colors that go like with anything. My like most exotic stuff is like r- like a like a like a red wine color, you know, just solid. which is not even super out there. But yeah, I'm just feel comfortable wearing like nothing too flashy. Yeah, and every time they're like, oh, wear a red like in high school, wear a green shirt that day, or wear a red shirt to support this, or orange or i'm like i don't own any of those shirts i can't participate like I and struggle i'm not on- saying like it has yeah. to be
0: super flashy either yeah but it's just like maybe trying something different and you'll yeah. realize that like you really like it and like honestly like we got some we bought yellow cushions as well i love them yellow is emerging as like a, a go-to color for me these days i don't know you never know like this is like super random i'm just yeah. saying like don't just limit yourself in anything in life, I'm using clothing and color as to highlight my point here, but
1: well said, Eric.
0: I think uh we've been going for a long time here. probably a good spot to wrap it up. don't want to go off the rails even more than we already have there with that segment. So, uh, any final notes for the listeners, Matt, this is super fun.
1: Eric, I had another enjoy like what a great episode, and everybody, thank you for listening. Um, I hope we've given you some good recommendations and get back to us if you've seen and liked the movies we recommended. Hope everyone's having a great day, whatever they're doing, like right now, listening and uh, stay safe out there and stay positive. Well said. Couldn't agree more. Thanks a
0: lot, everybody, for listening. Stay tuned for episodes dropping every two Mondays. Continue to stay safe. Love you all. Happy Halloween. And yeah, yeah, peace.